Hey friends, I'm Renee. And I'm Anna. And you're listening to Fangirl Happy Hour. On today's show, we have some feedback and updates for you. Then we're going to do a little catch-up and fave section and talk about some upcoming awards that you might have heard of. Then we're going to discuss the first story from the anthology Robots vs. Fairies by Shannon McGuire. After that, we'll talk about the 2018 media we're looking forward to, and we'll do some recommendations. First off, Anna, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, Renee. We are celebrating three years of this very podcast today. How do you feel about it? I feel surprised that we made it this far. I feel surprised that it doesn't feel like it's been three years. Also that, yes, because I keep having trouble adding it up. I'm like, wait, when did we start? I had to get my fingers out and count. I'm just like, wow, really? Okay. Three years. Three years. And more than 100 episodes. This episode will be 107 when it comes out. What? That cannot possibly be right. It's 100% right. Yay, go us. Although at some parts of last year, it felt like we were actually 80 years old, because in 2017 time, every day is five years. I am still really proud of what we put together, because it's been really hard. It was hard to make stuff. But we succeeded, and we have been constant. I mean, we've totally blown our posting days, but... Episodes still go up. Listen, that adds an element of a surprise to the proceedings, and surprises are good in these times of trouble. Yeah, but some people have to plan their listening. I feel bad. I'm going to try to be better about it this year. I swear. Is this one of your New Year's resolutions? Yes. Be on time with your shit. So we also have a bunch of new patrons. And I don't know why I haven't been doing this before. Like, why haven't I been giving you guys a shout out before this? I don't know. I'm an asshole, I guess. No, no negative self-talk. Yes, in this case, yes. We do have some new patrons. Thank you guys for coming back to Patreon or trying Patreon out after they fucked everything up last year. Our new patrons are Alicia, Rebecca, and Marie, Stephanie. So thank all of you so much. We appreciate you and all the rest of our patrons. We love you guys. You're the best. Kisses and hugs to everybody. If you like that kind of thing. They are virtual. time to do a little catch up and talk about the coming year and the media of the coming year most importantly and of course on brand as per usual the hugo awards okay anna how were your holidays good bad ugly my holidays were great i was in florida as you know i spent christmas there with russell's family and his mom his dad his uncle and his three cousins and his aunt who just married another Brazilian in Florida. And that's why we all went there to meet her new husband. And it was lovely. I'm not sure I liked Florida, but I really liked where we were because it was sunny. It had a beautiful canal with iguanas that came to visit us. And that was so surreal. It was lovely. 
out playing video games the whole time. I chilled out. I took a break, like an actual break from working. How did that feel? Really weird. And did you feel guilty? Yeah, I felt well. Number one, I felt guilty because the last two months I just completely flaked out on all the work that I had contracted. But I couldn't force myself to do the work anymore. I just needed time off. I needed to rest. And I'm still not better. I still felt tired. But, like, at least I took that break. I hate to think about what I would feel like if I hadn't taken that break. If I had forced the issue and forced myself to do the work. Yikes. Um, I had a break, too, uh, when I was in Florida. I did not do any work. I didn't read anything. I was just chilling. And it was really nice. 2018, the year of taking breaks when we need to. How do we get Donald Trump to do the same, but forever? We don't. Just strap in for the next three years, Anna. No, surely the impeachment is going to happen before that, Renee. Strap in for the next three years. Oh, shit. He may get reelected. That's one thing that I'm going to do less of. I'm going to stress less about politics. Because there's nothing I can do to change things on the national level right now. I don't need to know everything all at once. Right? Yes. Twitter makes you makes it feel like you need to be up on everything at every second, but that's not true. You don't. Nothing is going to change between something coming out and you waiting until the next day to read it. True. So that's my new plan for 2018 and politics. That's great. I like it. Because I want to reclaim some of my happy space. I don't think it was wrong to talk about politics in 2017 because it was a thing. It was part of culture. But I also think that I want to reclaim some of my spaces where I talked about media and got to be angry about bad representation or happy about robots. Like I was so angry about things on a, such a large scale that I felt bad or didn't have energy to be angry about things on a smaller scale. But the things on a smaller scale, it's how the bigger scale happened. Did you have any media highlights? Yeah, I had a lot of those. Do you know, the one book that I keep thinking about from last year is Jane Unlimited by Christine Cashore. It's the one that keeps coming back to mind. It gave me so much pleasure, that book. And I think it's the one that I would like to hand sell to everybody. It surprises me that it's not the Megan Whalen Turner one or the Frances Harding. The Megan Whalen Turner book, Thickest did not even make my top 10, Renee. Did you notice that? No. It made mine. That's hilarious. How the tables have turned. Who expected this? I was trying to think of the book that stuck with me. And it's not a 2017 book. It was released way before 2017. But I read it last year. It's War Child by Karen Lowitchy. And I think it's really pertinent right now. Because we're in this current cultural moment where war does not seem to be... As far away as it used to. And this is a book about war and the cost of war and the consequences of war. And I think it's a very timely book to read to remember why we probably should not wage war. But it's set in space, so there's a little distance. And I just loved it so much. And yeah, that's the one that I would want to hand sell. I wish it was easier to hand sell. It was published so long ago and I'm not actually sure you can buy the hard copy that cheaply. And I'm pretty sure the ebook is really expensive for when this book came out which is like in the early aughts it's got a lot of male characters with complicated pasts and you like that kind of thing but is there a female character too there are female characters sort of in the background 
but the main character is Armin. I don't think I could have read it if it had had female characters because there is a sexual assault storyline that impacts the whole plot. And a lot of times I can't read storylines where women are sexually abused or threatened because it's too close. But if you put male characters in that situation, it divorces it enough that I can get through it. I did like other media. Like, my post is only about books. Like, I didn't talk about any other media. But there was a lot of movies that I loved. Like, I loved Get Out. And I liked the Thor movie. Have you seen Spider-Man Homecoming yet? I have not, no. I know, it's a thing. I'll see it eventually. I liked Wonder Woman a whole bunch. And I finally saw The Men from Uncle. <gasps> I saw that too over my holidays on the plane to Florida. I love that movie. I was so surprised. I did not think I would like that movie going into it, but by the end I was like, this is amazing! I want a billion more of those! <laughs> exactly. I can't believe it didn't get a sequel, but the stupid Kingsman movie got a sequel. What's that about? I know! Exactly my thoughts. Surely it's gonna get a sequel, because those two were so good together. There's so much good fanfic for that fandom. Ugh, we could have had it all. I also watched two TV shows. Not all of them, but I started them. I'm a little bit behind on the first one, which is The Good Place. There are new episodes out that I haven't seen yet, but The Good Place was, like, my happy place. It was such a good show. And the second one that I started watching that I'm not that far into yet is Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which I actually don't find as embarrassing as I thought I would. It's still kind of squicky in some parts, because poor Jake gets put in all these situations, mostly through his own fault. But still, I have sometimes to mute it to watch it, but otherwise I just think it's super charming and I love all the characters and all of how supportive it is and it's just a really nice show. How much do you love Rosa and Amy? I love all these characters. I think the only character I don't like is that one whose name I never remember, but he's like the creepy, awkward guy. Charles? Yeah, he's the only one I'm not super crazy about. But everybody else I adore. I find Peralta a little bit annoying. I don't mind him so much because the narrative seems to know how fucking obnoxious he is. He centers so many of the episodes on him. I mean, he's the main character. Yes. Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to argue with the show because he's, he's the main character. The whole show is technically about him. But with the other guy, it feels like they play him for laughs and don't really critique his behavior as much as they do Jake's. How many episodes have you watched? I don't even think I'm done with season one yet. I think that gets addressed. It slows down a little bit there with Charles. Okay, good. Because I really need somebody to address what's happening with him. He is a creep. Yeah. Yeah, those are the visual media things that I liked a whole lot. I love those shows too. Uh, I would only add Blackish if you haven't watched that one yet. It's fantastic too. It's just so good, Renee. Because it's a sitcom. It's around a family of African Americans. He addresses head-on so many issues. It starts with a little bit of history of um, African-American people in the in the U.S., but always goes back to the comedy, and the family is just amazing. It's a family with four children. They are fantastic. I just, I love this show so much. It's very clever, and it's very funny. And the mother, that is, for me, the best female comedian i have ever seen is that tracy ellis ross yes tracy ellis ross i i haven't seen her in anything before that do you know her 
not from the show, but from other stuff. She and... is hilarious. I love her. It's the best thing in the show. Her faces and her performance and her timing. It's just, I want to eat her up. This went to a place we did not expect. I am very passionate about Rainbow Johnson. That's her name. I forget why I never started Blackish. I think it was a sitcom thing. But I do think it's on Hulu now, and I have Hulu, so... Please go watch it. It's a fantastic sitcom. Yeah, those were the things that I liked. I liked all of the superhero movies. I didn't watch any other movies that were not superhero. The Last Jedi, obviously. Are we counting that as a superhero movie now? Yes. Jedi's are superheroes, really. Well, uh, award season has arrived, and our favorite award, the Hugo Awards, approaches. Yes, disclaimer, we are eligible for Best Fancast. Close brackets. Our 2017 work was something, Anna, but I'm not sure award-worthy would be... Yes, it was award-worthy. I'm not even going to discuss this. So yes, Banger Happy Hour is eligible if you find my lackluster posting schedule award-worthy. Feel free to nominate us, I guess. Is Lady Business eligible this year? We are eligible, but we are recusing because we won last year. Amazing. I love that about you. Because there are other publications doing good work. And I think a lot of the Hugo Awards are made up of momentum. Like if you win once, you can win really easily again by just the momentum of your past win because of name recognition. Fair enough. There are a lot of really cool things you could nominate for fencing. Like there is the Rec Center, which is a Spanish recommendation mailing list by Gavia Baker-Whitelaw and Elizabeth Minkle. It's super great. They include lots of fanfic recs, but also a lot of commentary, articles, essays, criticisms. You can actually view it online. You don't have to sign up for it. Their archives are open. If that doesn't qualify as a fanzine, I don't know what would. I really love Bridget's blog, SF Blogs Blue Stalking. She and it was nominated last year as well, and I would like to see it nominated again. There's also Nerds of a Feather. Obviously, with Nerds of a Feather, they have a very large team, but the critics there that I follow make it a really great experience. Booksmugglers is not eligible in fanzine. Booksmugglers is eligible in semi-prozine. Yes, we are. We are still here. I was trying to think of who else there was. Women Write About Comics is a really good resource, and I don't know how many people in the SF community read that site. I've followed them for a long time, and I really like the things they write about. Their editor, her name is Claire, she's very smart and makes it like a really welcoming place for deeper criticism about comics. So I think if you haven't checked them out, you could give them a look too. The field is super rich. Other things I want to nominate include Get Out! Best Dramatic Presentation Long Form. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm still, I'm back on my bullshit with saying that AO3 is eligible in best related work. Feel free to nominate it. This is a controversial statement because most people don't think it's eligible. Are you willing to put money on whether John Scalzi will get nominated for... The Collapsing Empire? I think he'll probably get nominated for The Collapsing Empire. It's a really good book. It is a really good book, actually, so I wouldn't be unhappy about it. My problem is that I'm not sure I'm going to have room for it on my ballot. I have so many 2017 novels that I love that I want to list that I'm just like, shit, I'm out of space. What do I do? I can't 
what help <laughs> this is the first year i've actually read some novellas or know of the novellas that might be likely to be on there i know which novella i want to win i mean yes obviously it's all systems read but i've heard so many good things about the series by jy yang i was actually editing today their series that we're going to be publishing out of the kickstarter and it is so good and then binti home is also eligible and girl reporter by tansy Rainer roberts is eligible Yes, it is. It is. All of the novellas we published last year are eligible. Girl Reporter is a fantastic one, as are all the others. I got to figure out whether people are going to nominate The Good Place in Best Dramatic Presentation Long Form or pick an episode and nominate it in short form. Oh. I don't know what people are going to do. But it's totally eligible. But, like, where? I think a lot of people don't realize that it's a fantasy work. But we're going to encourage them without spoilers. Yes. It's so good. Do you have Do you have any ideas for the Y category? Because there's a Y category this year. Jane Unlimited. Yes. Okay. I'm putting the bone witch on my ballot because reasons. I would probably put the Frances Harding Jair. Thickest Thieves. Even though it didn't make your top 10. <coughs> yeah. But if I had a separate YA, it would have been there. Do you know what I would put there? The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. It totally fits. This is the first year that there's going to be a YA award. It's going to operate like the Campbell. So, you know, quote unquote, not a Hugo, as if history cares. What's the name again? So this year it's not going to be named. It's just going to be called the Y Award. But next year it will be called the Lodestar Award. Okay. Lodestar is like a star that guides you. I still really like the name. So yeah, I'm really kind of newly excited about award season last year even though i was nominated and i was excited i was also kind of disconnected from it because everything was awful so it feels nice to be excited about awards again so let's make a commitment this year to be excited about the hugos again like proper excited let's do it yes let's win this thing what <laughs> Robots vs. Fairies is a saga press anthology edited by Dominic Parisian and Nava Wolf that came out on January 9th, 2018. It's the ultimate literary battle between magic and machine. I wanted us to read this anthology because I definitely think of Anna as a fairy person and myself as a robot person. I like fairies in certain contexts, but robots are my most favorite. Anna, do you agree? No! I'm also a robot person. I mean, you can be a robot person, but you're mostly a fairy person. Come on. No. Yeah, you are. I'm sorry. I'm sad. I'll take it just for the purposes of this podcast. So that would make it more exciting. I mean, are you going to be on Team Robot? Or are you going to be on Team Fairy by the end of this anthology, do you think? I think I'm going to be Team Robot. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe you will turn Team Fairies by the end of it. Maybe. The way we're going to measure this is... The number of fairy stories and the number of robot stories, we're going to give them a point, and each story gets a point, and at the end we're going to add them all up and see who is on what team, based on the stories we like. I love it. We're not going to discuss the whole anthology in one episode. Uh, our plan, instead, is to read and discuss one story each episode, meaning that if you want to, you can follow along with us. The first story we're launching this series with is called Build Me a Wonderland by Shanann McGuire. Anna, did you like the story? 
I like the story. I did too. I'm more familiar with Shadow McGuire's fairy stories in co- the context of the Toby Day universe, which is very large and excellent, and everybody should read it or <coughs> catch up on it. <laughs> What I liked this story to start with is that you don't know if this is going to be a robot or a fairy story. Yeah, it's very tricky. Very tricky. I liked it. I thought it was good. I liked it too. I don't think I loved it in the end. It's really hard for me to love short fiction. No, I I like everything that Shonen writes. And I felt the story had a very rounded feel to it. So I really appreciated that because it's difficult to do that with a short story. But yeah, what I liked the most was that to start with, I was like, oh, it's just, what is happening here? Is this going to be a robot or a fairy story? And it wasn't until well into the, the storyline that we realized that it's actually a fairy story. With some robots. With robots as decoration. Yeah. So it's both, but mostly a fairy story. Except now when the robot overlords come, the story is not going to impress them. Because the robots apparently blow up randomly. Which made the story both sort of bittersweet, but also comedic, which I appreciated. And it's basically set in a park created by this guy that wants to create a a world of wonders with wonderful animatronics making up a wonderland with a fairy tree and a mermaid cave and, and unicorns. Except for the fact that little by little, the people that work at the park have been replacing the animatronics with actual real fairies and real unicorns and real mermaids. The story opens with the main character, Clover, coming back to the workshop to discover that the boss, who they're working under the nose of, has brought an efficiency expert to judge the park. He gets paired with Clover So she's required to take him around and show him all the bits of the part. And he is judging whether or not the parts that he sees are efficient enough. I got stressed. I was like, oh no. How is she going to get out of this? Well, apparently the way she's going to get out of this is assault. (laughs) I know. I did not see that coming. She just picked a hammer and just knocked the guy out. But there is a nice twist to the end of the story, which I found super charming. Listen, Anna, at the end of the story, I was like, wait, does this mean... That there could be, like, a truce between the fairies and the people who are revealed at the end of the story. Can we ship them? Yes, I'm pretty sure it is. She hit him in the head with a hammer. I totally ship them now. God, Renee. Let us say that he's actually an elf and he wasn't really hurt. And she was a kobold. I had to look that up. I didn't know what that was. I just, I'm like, okay, some kind of fairy. Great. Yeah, they are fairies from Germany. So proper fairy tale characters. I love that she was able to jam so much world building into this one little tiny short story. You really got a sense for the past of these characters. Just in the page or two that it took for the characters to explain why they were there, what they were doing, and why it was bad that this elf had found them. Like it managed to give you like the feel of scope Knowing how Shauna Maguire writes so well and so prolifically, I wouldn't be surprised if there was something that would come out of it. I mean, I would read more in this world. I would too. Clover and the elf banging. <laughs> so Shannon obviously comes down on the fairy side of the equation. She's on Team Fairy. 
Would you give this story a point? I would. Would you? Yes, I would. That means that for the first time, we voted both for Team Fairy. Okay. Keeping track of these numbers, Anna. Team Fairy. So far, it's winning. I liked it, and I am notoriously picky about short fiction. I think that's notable. Anna can attest how picky I am about short fiction. She's very picky. Everybody should go pick up this anthology and come and read these stories with us. Yes, do it. Then at the end of it, we can just do a huge poll and see who wins. The robot overlords or the fairy overlords. It is a new year and there is brand new media out there waiting for us. We've both chosen five items to talk about because, as everyone knows, if we didn't, you'd be listening to a five-hour episode or probably, more likely, not listening to a five-hour episode. So, Anna, I'm really excited to hear what you're excited about. Is Black Panther the movie? How excited are you about this? Are you very excited? I'm very excited. Apparently, movie tickets went on sale and it became the most tickets sold before release of any Marvel movie. Oh, wow. That's incredible. I have then four books. And one of them, the first of them is Obsidio by Amy Kaufman and Jay Kristoff. It's the third book in the Illuminate Files trilogy. Do you have a copy of this book in your house? I do not. I had Illuminate, I had Gemina Files, but I do not have Obsidio and I'm dying. Because I was going to be like, if you have this on your shelf, you need to read it immediately and send it to me now. I do not. I'm so sorry. But I'm sure you're going to read it for the podcast too, right? Yes, because everything that I picked is like amazing. Oh my God. The other one that I'm very excited, it's a UK release. I'm not, I think it's coming out in the US too. It's Paris Adrift by EJ Swift. And I've got a copy of this one. The cover is really beautiful. It's set in Paris. It follows a misfit and geologist named Heli who goes to Paris and then time travels. It's coming out in early February. And I think I have about two books to read before I can get to this one. I can't wait. Uh, I've been meaning to read E.J. E. Swift for a while. She has had a trilogy of books out that people have really enjoyed. Was the one that started with Cataveiro. And they were kind of like dystopian science fiction and climate change type of things and I have them here and I just have not been able to read them yet but this one because it's coming out so soon and has time travel uh, I'll make a point to read it the other one that I'm really excited about is The Bells by Donielle Clayton have you heard about this one? It's a YA novel yes I have beautiful cover, it's also dystopian and it's set in kind of like New Orleans and beauty is a commodity basically and there's something about revolution and the power of beauty and a young girl just coming to her own. The other one, I only learned about it today, and it's Space Opera by Catherine Valente. It sounds, it's like Eurovision, but in space. I don't even care. I just want to read it. The cover is super fun looking. Exactly. And I love Catherine Valente's writing too. So I'm excited about this. And this is my list. It's exciting, eh? A lot of good media that you've got coming up. I love your list too. Tell us about it. So my first pick is A Wrinkle in Time by Ava DuVernay. This adaptation is of Madeline L. Eagle's book, and it comes out very soon. Listen, 
Listen, I'm ready. I reread A Wrinkle in Time so much as a child. However, does it hold up? I don't know because I haven't reread it in a long time. Mostly I'm excited to see how DuVernay adapts it to be more intersectional and representative of how families are structured now versus then. I really hope it does well because guys, I really need them to make a sequel. The one in the door. I need it. So everybody go see this movie, okay? I didn't even realize that this book has a, had a sequel. There's a, it's, a, it's called The Time Quartet. And I guess these are pretty heavy-handed with the Christianity stuff, but I've been secular so long that I don't see it. I don't come at the book from that perspective. Like, even as a kid, I didn't come. When I was more familiar with Christianity, I still didn't come at the book from a like a Christian perspective, I guess. But I think people might want to be warned before they pick up the book itself. Then my second item is Pacific Rim Uprising. I know that John Boyega is in this film, and I know literally nothing else about it. And I plan to go into it fully innocent, untainted by spoilers, because I have been waiting so long. I'm so ready. <laughs> then my third item is called The Heart Forger by Rin Chipeko which is the sequel to The Bone Witch, which I read and loved last year. Uh, the Bone Witch is a YA epic fantasy about a girl who is a necromancer, and she discovers she has these powers because she manages to raise her brother from the dead. I highly recommend it if you like epic fantasy and stories about girls learning how to handle their power, and I'm super excited for the sequel. My next one is The Wedding Date by Jasmine Glory. I think it's how you pronounce her last name. And this is where... Two people get trapped in the elevator, and one of them is a desperate dude who needs a date to a wedding, so he uses their entrapment to implore this woman to go on a date with him to this wedding. So he has a plus one, and she agrees because he's cute, and it's basically like fake dating, which is a trope I love in fanfic, but it's an original fiction. Do you really like fake dating? I really love fake dating, Anna. Oh my god, there are so many romance novels with fake dating. I can maybe make you a list. You could make me a list, Anna. You indeed could. And then my last item is called Red Clocks by Lenny Zumas. And it's about several women in a small Oregon town after abortion is made illegal across the country. And there is a new amendment called the Personhood Amendment that gives like rights and privileges to embryos. Anna's looking at me with this look on her face like, Renee, why are you reading a horror novel like The Handmaid's Tale again? And Anna, I can't answer that question for you. <laughs> I don't know. One of the critics that I liked, he really loved it. He thought it was great. He thought the writing was excellent. And I trust his opinion, so I'm going to give it a shot. I did not see that coming. When I saw Red Clocks written here, I just thought it was a cool book about time travel for some reason. There's something about the red which I love, that goes through all of these books like this, sort of. Because you have The Handmaid's Tale, and they have those little red habits. And then there was a book a few years ago called When She Woke that also had red on the cover. And I think if people got caught in that book getting abortions, they dyed their skin red. They stayed, their skin was red. And so now you have this book, and it's called Red Clocks. And I'm curious about how the color red is going to show up in this book. That's really interesting. That's awesome. So yeah, those are mine. I'm excited for all of them. Oh, of course, we are excited about more than five items of mid-year for this year. Do you have, like, do you keep a list of stuff that you're excited about? No, I don't. You just memorize it? No, I don't memorize anything. Then how do you keep track of what you're excited about? I don't. But then how do you know things are coming out? Surprise, bitches. I have, like, it's a combination of checking my radar posts 
combination of things that I have on pre-order and books that I have gotten from NetGalley and Edelweiss that I downloaded to my Kindle. And then through that, I created a 2018 folder within my Kindle to know what I have to read. That makes sense. I keep a spreadsheet. And at this point in time, there are 55 2018 items on it. Wow. That's books. That's not even films. Shit. I don't even know how many films I have. Like, I think it's at least, at least 10, but I have at least 55 books. Well, I'm curious as to what everybody else is excited about. If you have anything that you think we might like on your list, please let us know about it via email or on Twitter. This is Renee totally not subtly fishing for more racks and more lists. Renee, you are terrible. But everybody loves me. Of course we do. It is time for recommendations. Anna, what is your recommendation for this week? I have two. Shocking. Okay, what are they? So I don't know if I've recommended this before, but there's a Netflix show called Travelers. And season two landed just after Christmas, and I watched it while, while I was in Florida, and I really love it. It's about time travelers from the future who download themselves into the bodies of people who are just about to die so that they they just don't take over the bodies of people that are still alive and then they continue their lives here in the 21st century as they try to avoid the view, the future from happening and being destroyed um the world being destroyed so they are coming back from the future with a mission and each group becomes a team and each team has a specialist in them. There is a historian who comes and he has just all of these factual things that will happen so that he can, for example, bet on dog races to get money to just spend on their missions, for example. It's so good. It's so much fun. It's just so thrilling. Season two was just as good as it ended in a horrible cliffhanger. And I don't know how long I have to wait for this. But if you like time travel, I would really recommend it. The other one that took me completely by surprise, and Russell and I were trying to find something to watch. And we decided, oh, let's watch a couple of pilots from different shows and see which one appeals to us the most. And then we can decide which one we watch. Oh, let's try this one. 19 hours later, we finished watching the entire first season of This Is Us. I have never cried so much watching a TV show. I think it's beautiful. I am completely in love with all of the characters, with this whole family of characters. And the soundtrack is amazing. I don't even like music. And here I was adding songs on YouTube from this show. And I really, really love it. And if you like families and drama, it's like a soap opera. There is no other way to describe it. It's a soap opera, but it's so beautiful. And it's about the lives of three siblings in our time. And then it goes back and forth to show the lives of their parents as they meet. And they have the, 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 the three kids and bringing them up. And it's just about a family. What do you want to recommend? So Horizon Zero Dawn is a video game that has robot dinosaurs and animals and the trailer doesn't really give a bunch away. And little did I know, friends, how amazing and deep this game was going to be. The main character, her name is Aloy. 
and she's a member of the Nora tribe. And when she's born, she is, for some reason that we don't know, cast out at birth and given to another outcast for him to raise. And Rost raises her and effectively becomes her father and starts training her to take part in a race called the Proving, which will allow her to show that she is strong and clever and will allow allow her to take her place within the tribe and into her exile. You can't really talk more about it because it's full of spoilers. I understand why the trailers looked the way they did because it's so easy to spoil this game, but this is definitely a science fiction game even though it looks like a fantasy game and it's using fantasy tropes and fantasy character designs, but this is a science fiction story. Like, it's super diverse and it explains why it's diverse. It has this super special red-headed, green-eyed main character and it explains why she's like that. And it has a ton of robot animals and dinosaurs and it explains that too. I love this game so much. I finished it in two weeks. Is that a good number of days? Well, this game, if I played it like an hour a day, would have lasted me a few months. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's that good. I loved this game so much. I love it. I want everybody to play it. I love it so much, Anna. I love it so much. You are writing fanfiction. Yes. I have not loved a game this much since Final Fantasy VIII in 1999. Wow. So yes, that's my recommendation. I love this game. You're probably going to hear about it a whole lot. So many awesome ladies, Anna. So many awesome ladies. Now that that's out of the way, all my gushing, what are we going to discuss next time? Oh, we are going to be talking about Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Jurassic Park. That's right. It's a vault episode and we will be watching Jurassic Park. The original. If you would like to support our show, you can follow us on Patreon. If you can support us on Patreon, you can still help us out by following us on our social media at Fungirl Podcasts on Twitter and Fungirl Happy Hour on both Facebook and Tumblr. Our show art is by Ira. Our music is by Cheeky Beats and Boxcat Games. Our transcripts are by Susan. And you can find all the available transcripts at FangirlHappyHour.com. And we swear there are going to be new ones very soon. Have a snack, contact your reps, and remember to drink plenty of water to stay hydrated. And maybe join us in our resolution of maybe not getting too angry about politics. Thanks for listening, Space Bees. See you next episode. I think we should maybe establish that as a sport winging it while exhausted (laughs) we excel at it stop everything she's diana ross's daughter as in the diana ross i guess it is shut the fuck up that's amazing i love her even more I'm actually crying. I have no idea why. This really affected you. Messed me up.